Empower Radio presents Art as Worship with Vanessa Lowry. Welcome to Art as Worship. Each week we feature stories of artists and explore their process of creation. I'm your host, Vanessa Lowry, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. On this show, I talk with artists of various faiths, working in a wide range of mediums, on the common theme of how they use inspiration and creativity as an expression of their spirituality. Learn how their art is an expression of their own connection to however they name God, Jehovah, Allah, Source, the Universe, the Great Mystery, or something else. My hope is that these stories will inspire your creative efforts and your own spiritual expression. My guest today is Beth Tarkington. She grew up and resides in the Atlanta area, and she earned degrees from the University of Georgia and the University and Georgia State University with emphasis on drawing and painting and surface design. After spending 16 years as a high school art teacher, she turned her focus to become a full-time ceramic artist. Today, she applies her painterly techniques on hand-built clay forms to create one-of-a-kind pieces. Her ceramic pieces are known for their layers of color, rich texture textured surfaces, and thoughtful narratives. Compositions often center on female figures framed by landscape, symbolic elements, and occasional text. Beth's clear focus on surface results in a strong, poignant, and painterly clay works that engage the viewer. Welcome, Beth. Hi. Nice to meet you. Well, and so how did you get interested in the art of clay and of ceramics? Well, it's, it's funny. When I run into people that I haven't seen for years, they'll say, oh, you're doing your paintings. And I'm like, no, I'm working in clay. I, um, I was a high school teacher. I studied drawing and painting. That was my focus. And uh, had a wonderful friend in Atlanta who's a clay artist who now lives in Santa Fe. And um, I went over to her house one day and came out. And I said to my husband, I'm going to go take a class from Deborah. And he's like, why would you do that? And I said, because I want to learn clay. And that was the beginning. I just was, I love that, the tactile quality of it. I love, you know, working on the clay as opposed to a canvas. I treat the clay like a canvas. Well, and and I've seen some of your pieces and they are really canvases because you then paint on them and create all these beautiful pieces of art on the in addition to the ceramic piece itself. You've got this yeah. wonderful painting on top of that. Yeah, it's all fired. I do I make up slips and colors and underglazes and all that kind of stuff and um and I'll fire multiple times until I get, you know, pull out of the kiln and take a look and think it doesn't need to be darker or bluer or you know, does it need to be more color or whatever? And, and I'll fire two, three, four times. And then the last firing, I put some clear glaze on to get some shiny elements. So kind of a self-learned thing. I, you know, I, I never took a lot of clay, you know, the obligatory classes in college, but I never um, never did. And the, the head of the Georgia University of Georgia clay program is an internationally renowned artist, Ron Myers. And um, I've met him, and he laughs because he's like, you never took my class. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know I was going to be doing this. (laughs) It's interesting how your path leads you. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So had you already started working um, in clay before you decided to no longer be a teacher? Um, No, basically. I had just gone through some life changes and and left teaching and was kind of puttering around, worked in a little shop and doing this and that and started taking classes. and. The more classes I took, the more I wanted to take, the more I started doing my own thing, the more I took over the laundry room and turned it into a studio, and it just kind of evolved after that. And then it was this artist friend of mine who handed me a show application in 2000. I remember that was the first year, and she said, you need to do a show. You need to pursue this. And that was the beginning of it as a profession. So 
So do you, are you able to work in clay every day? I mean, I know as a profession, there's a lot of other things that you have to do to run a business as well. Yes. that's. That, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought I was just going to sit in the studio and make clay. Uh, I don't know. I work pretty much every day um, when life doesn't get too busy other ways. But um, I have a studio at my house now. We added a studio on about five years ago, which is huge. Um, instead of going to some other studio or having to move things off the washing machine that are, you know, so you can throw a little laundry and that kind of stuff. Um, so I can work and then I can close the door and go back in the next day and it's still there. And that made a huge difference to, as to what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. But I, I try to work every day. Sometimes I'll be on the computer doing show applications or, you know, contacting people or whatever. But, um, yeah, I try to. So how does your spirituality find expression in your art? Um, you know, my spirituality is, it's such a deep centering thing for me. And, and, um, and my work, you've seen it, is, um, there's not a lot of angst in my work. And I feel like what I'm doing with my work is trying to kind of put out there and touch people on sort of the goodness of life. That and it sounds kind of simple, but, um, you know, that's where I am. I, I, I create things that talk about people and places and life experiences, my own, basically, because everything's autobiographical. People ask me and say, is that you on that piece? And I'm like, sure, every, you know, it's got <laughs> who else would it be? And, and I try to touch people that way, because that's my, de- it's, it's something, it's my place inside, and I try to bring that out to people, and I love when I can connect when somebody gets that. And, well, and in your artist statement that you sent me, you talk a little bit about um, the influence of Native American um, traditions on your work. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I love the idea. They were so um, so involved in nature, and I, and I am too. Um, you know, I often get ideas when I'm out walking the dog. If I get stuck, I'll put a leash on the dog and go for a walk. That's huge for me for finding something to do. And um, the Native American Indians teach that we have objects that sort of um, they're kind of like um, they're totems, is what they call them. They're kind of like um, examples, or um, can't get the word here. They're they're um, they're illustrative of certain things. For instance, here's a good one. My, when my father passed away, I saw a lot of blue jays, like more than you should see, like weirdly more than you should see, and started collecting feathers, and I have this huge basket of blue jay feathers, and so I'm convinced that there's some thing with my dad and blue jays, which you know, goes to kind of my Christian friends looking at me like, what? You know? <laughs> like, so I do a lot of blue jays on my work. That's a totem for me, that, you know, and it connects to me, and that's where the Native American Indian things, trees and landscapes and animals, um, you know, I think that's, I think there's something in there that speaks to our souls, and, and that's where it comes from. Yeah. Well, and you also, uh, I know you do a lot of figures on your work, especially the female figure. Yes, yes. So okay. how does that tie in? You know, again, I think it's just, it's it's where I'm coming from, you know, the, the female figure is. And, and I'll do, you know, male figures too, but I basically, I did a lot of landscape work when I was starting out. And then I started doing figurative work. I always loved figure drawing. I always loved it when I was in college and stuff. And um, it was about... Oh, three or four years ago, I think, maybe about that time, all of a sudden I started doing pieces where these landscapes were inside of figures, which I think is probably the piece that you've seen or piece that you've seen. And that's kind of where I am now. I'm still in that because I think that we spend, you know, again, this is me, most of our life looking for where we're supposed to be. You know, um, there's a Greek word, kiros, and I kind of adopted that word, and that word means the place you're supposed to be. And I think that's what my art is about, is looking for that place and and it's kind of like Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. I think it's inside of us, and that's where my spirituality has taught me that. And 
so that's what I do. I, I know I have a lot of landscapes inside of figures. Well, and I know that some artists do a lot of their work based on commission, where people actually hire them to do things, and then other artists, you know, kind of create their own work and then go out and sell it. Right. Which do you find that you do more of, or do you even do any commission work? I do commission work, um, and I, I probably do a pretty equal split that way, um, you know, because I'll do something and somebody will come up. I'll never, ever forget this one story. I had a piece in a show in Winston-Salem, and it had, I do golden dogs. It's another totem of mine. They, I, that they're so soulful. I have a golden retriever. And... Um, and this woman kept looking at this piece and said, like, the second, third time she was in the booth, and I finally said, you know, what, you're interested in that. What's going on? And she said, I'm, I have Rottweilers. And I just looked at her and I said, don't buy that. I'm going <laughs> to chop the tail off and paint those dogs black and ship that to you. And that's what I did. So, um, you know, I, I do a lot of commissions like that. I kind of like doing commissions. I don't want to paint your bulldog. You know, I don't want you to say, well, the, it needs to be browner over here on this side of the face or something. But I love doing something where somebody says, I like those words and this image. And can you put that together for me? So I do a lot of that. Yeah. So what types of pieces do you typically create with your ceramics? I do um, a lot of vessels. My stuff, whenever I have a show application and I have to check that functional, non-functional, I always want to write in. You know, kind of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like um, it, I'll do vessels and, and large bowls, and um, I do these kind of small table things that are probably my best seller. They're like sort of 20, 25 inches tall, and you can put a piece of glass on it and turn it into a table, or it can just be a piece of art. And, and then I, I, you know, draw and paint all the way around them. It, again, all fired stuff, but, you know, anything that gives me a surface. I just finished doing my first, actually, second set of um, mugs and cups which is not something I do. That is a, more of a wheel-thrown thing because it takes a lot longer to hand-build. I only hand-build, which means I don't use a potter's wheel. And um, so it takes a long time to make a, comparatively, a mug. So I haven't done it, but I just finished doing some. That's what I'm going to go home and fire today. <laughs> so will you do any more mugs? Yeah, because now that I've done them, I'm like, how come I never did these before? <laughs> this is and kind of they're kind of small, and I tend to work big, so this is kind of a whole, you know, I'm, I'm really like the idea of doing small. So I think that's going to be the next year. I'm always sort of on to the next series. You know, what's the next thing? So I think I'm going to do a series of mugs or cups. Cool. Yeah. So do you have any particular colors that you like to work in? Um, you know, I tend to do a lot of natural kind of like fall colors, you know, reds and oranges and greens and that kind of thing. That seems to be people remark on that. I don't know that I look to do that, but people have said that to me. You know, it's like you're a fall colored canvas is what they say. So. So when you're getting ready to work, do you have any kind of a process that you use to kind of get into that creative flow or connect with the divine source when you're going to work? When I worked in the laundry room, I made sure the laundry was done before. <laughs> I do. I, I, I'm one of those, whether it's good or bad or whatever, I have to get things in order before I can get into the studio and get busy. So I tend to do that. So I kind of spend that time getting centered. But um, what I've learned, another Native American Indian thing that I started doing Oh, this is several, many years ago, is about smudging. So I do that often. I have sage, and I have it in a little bowl, and I light it, and I walk around my studio, and I sort of, you know, just ask, you know, that, that this space that I'm doing the drawing or this space that I'm doing the glazing, that it's sort of clear of impediments, you know. And, and so I do that. I smudge often in my studio, and that kind of centers me. I used to light a candle, but I don't do that anymore because there were so many times that I left the candle in the studio. <laughs> and uh, you don't want to burn your studio I, down. So I don't do that anymore. I just stopped. 
<laughs> so do you decide to smudge again when c- kind of you can't smell it when you go into the studio and it's ready to yeah, have a little more sagey smell in there? Exactly. Or if I need to start, if I'm ready to start something new or I've been out of the studio for a few days or, you know, just anything that I feel like if there's, you know, the Native American Indians thought it was sort of getting rid of the spirits, you know, the bad spirits or whatever. To me, it's more like bringing in good spirit. That's why mm-hmm. I look at it. Yeah. So do you ever work with any other artists? Do you do any collaborative work I have, with artists? Yeah, um, I did a thing several years ago with a group of eight other women, and we um, each made, we were talking about how things are sort of a mess in the world, and we each, we made a, an amulet out of clay. We were all in a clay group together. And then we, um, and we started a journal, and then we passed it on. And um, you just, you gave it to the next artist, and that artist was free to do anything they wanted to. And sometimes it was clay, but sometimes it was fibers or drawing, or they weave something, whatever. And we kept a journal, and this went on for nine months. And you didn't see your original amulet until the end. And we would meet once a month, and we would pass it off. We had it in a box, and you just pass your box off and take the next one. And at the end, we met at somebody's lake house, and it was an unbelievable experience to open up. It was like, you know, giving birth to a kid, because it had been nine months. And you opened up and saw your little amulet and what had been done to it. They looked like big African ceremonial necklaces. Wow. That's what they ended up looking like. Of course, we all put them on, and I tell you, we danced around, but that... (laughs) I know you did. We did. (laughs) There was some wine, and, you know, it was... But it was an amazing experience to see how other people responded to your work. And then I had an experience recently at um, my church in Atlanta. I sort of uh, led a little group that we created a huge wall hanging that's now on display at at the church. And... um, uh, and it was one, it was a difficult process to get involved in. It's not something I was familiar with. I had to contact the original artist and work with her. And, and I knew it was going to be real time consuming. And I ended up getting three women who I didn't know that well, who I now consider very good friends. And, um, and we did it together. So I learned a ton about trust, about just saying, let's just start this and see where it goes. So it's just not, you know, I'm more controlling of my own stuff. This I really had to let go and, and hope it would work. And it did. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so do you have, when you're working collaboratively on a project, do you have a different way or a different, a different way of connecting to um, source or do you have a different way of approaching the work than when you're working individually? Um, probably so. I think I'm laughing because I think those three women that I did this thing with at, um, at Holy Innocence, our church, would all look at me and say, well, yes, you, you take charge. You know, it's like I just told them what I wanted them to do. But, um, yeah, I, I do. I think, um, I do approach it differently. I, I, I try to let go of knowing what the outcome needs to look like because you don't know what the outcome needs. I, if it's me working in the studio, I have a better sense of what that's going to be. But when it's a collaborative group, I learned from that experience of the nine women and this other thing for the church that it, yeah, I can't be in control of that. And I have to trust that whatever comes out of it is going to be okay. That's huge for me. Darn it. I can't be in control of that. I was a high school teacher. I told you that. I like to be in control of stuff. And so this this has been, over the last few years, something really important. And I think part of my spiritual growth has been to learn to just say, I'm not in control, and it's going to be fine. And if it's not fine, it's going to be fine. That's a huge thing to learn. I'm still learning that. So. Uh, yeah, many of us are. Because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like you. I, I kind of like to be in control. Yeah. But really, there's there's really almost nothing in your life that you really can control. Absolutely. You yeah. think you can, but, yeah, it doesn't really work out that way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've learned that. So uh, how do you get your ideas, and how do you decide which ideas you're going to pursue? 
Um, it's funny. I, I think I was thinking about this, and I think it was Bach. I'm not sure who once said something to the effect of, "It's not. I don't have a problem coming up with ideas. I have a problem not tripping all over them." And I feel that I kind of live that way. I have tons of ideas. It doesn't mean I'm always ha- know exactly what I'm doing. I get in the studio, but you know, I, I, again, I get them outside when I'm walking. I get them often, often reading. I love to read poetry. I'm listening to music. You'll hear a line in a song, and it's like, "Whoa!" And that line sticks to me. I thought in my Earlier college years, I was going to be a writer. That's what I and through high school, I thought I was going to be a writer. So I think I do a lot of writing now. And sometimes I literally put words on pieces. I, I write words on pieces. Um, but I get ideas often from just hearing something or seeing something, or you know. And I spend a lot of time in my sketchbook, which for a clay artist may or may, may not be what people think you would do. But I and I encourage other people who are into clay. I said, get a sketchbook. You don't you don't have to be a good drawer, but getting it from the um, head down to a piece of paper and into the hands, it's, it's real helpful with that. So I do a lot of that. Well, and you you were a teacher for a long time. And I have to tell you, my favorite teacher in high school was my art teacher. Oh, I, I still yeah, we rock. I'm in touch with her. She, <laughs> yeah, you do rock. I think that it's amazing. But I'm curious now it's that you... because we didn't have to have any of the rules the other teachers had. <laughs> you know, it's like, you want to chew gum? I don't care. <laughs> well, maybe, but I also think that... Um, I know that Mrs. Anderson was always so supportive of not only me, but the other artists that took her classes, and she just yeah. delighted in the things that we did, which was very transformative. You know, it's it's with most of your classes, it's so, this is right or this is wrong, and that's not the way it was in art class. It was like, oh, well, that's cool. Well, let's see where that goes. Yeah, I, I loved I loved teaching art. I was a, It was not what I came out of college to do. I, I And my parents, when I was in college, said, we love that you can draw and paint, get a degree in something you can do. <laughs> So I got a degree in interior design, and I hated it. Like seven months, I got a job right out of college, and you know, but seven months of that, and I was like, I can't do this. So I ended up teaching, you know, as a almost kind of a fallback thing, and I absolutely loved it because of that. Because you know, every day was new, every kid was new, every you could take the same thing, you know, the same shoe on the table, and somebody would come up with a different way to draw, and I loved that with the kids. Well, and now that you've been away from teaching for a while, and you've been working as a full time artist for a number of years. What would be some things you would do differently or introduce to your kids now if you if you were going to be teaching again? It's fun, as far as clay goes, I would do a, a completely different from what I did back then because I didn't know the things I know now, just the technical parts of it. I would I would be much looser with colors and colorants and that kind of stuff because I was here's your five glazes, you know, you can't mix these two because that's not what you're supposed to do, kind of stuff. So I'd be much looser on that. But I just think it goes back to what I said, you know, that I've been sort of learning over the last few years is I, you know, you have to have structure and that's important and, you know, in a classroom or whatever. But also just saying, see what happens, see what happens. You know, and I don't know that I did enough of that. I hope I did. But, um, you know, I have several students who are teachers now, which is, I think, a nice thing. Art teachers. I know five of them, which is kind of neat. Well, that's kind of my legacy out there. That is a very yeah, cool legacy. That's kind of neat. Yeah, I like that. So. so how has your art affected your spiritual evolution, or how has your spiritual evolution affected your art? You know, obviously intertwined, but I think um, I didn't grow up in a church-going family, so I've sort of come into all this as an adult, basically, starting sort of in college, becoming all of this, my, my spirituality. But... Um, so I think the evolution of my spirituality has profoundly affected my art. I think that that's, it's my subject matter. You know, it's, it's what's in the soul and what you give out to the world. And that's, that's what I want my art to be. There, I love nothing more when somebody looks at a piece and they'll go, oh, I, I get that, or it touches me, or I, 
I feel that way. I, I do a lot with figures. I do a lot with three females. I often put three females. Well, part of that's because technically threes are good. Threes are better than twos and fours in art. But I do threes, and I have four sisters, and, and they always say, how come you only do three of us? And I'm like, because somebody's always not speaking to somebody, but, you know. <laughs> but um, and I, when I, as soon as people find out that it has to do with sisters, they are, they're all into that. They're all, everybody's got sisters or cousins or, you know, siblings and whatever, and, and, and that's, they get that, you know. I get that. Well, and I, um, I think that that's very cool that you are able to bring this community onto your pieces. And I know earlier you mentioned that you, you know, with the with the women that you were in the clay group mm-hmm. with, that you mm-hmm. all created this collaborative mm-hmm. type of work together. Do you find that being part of a community is helpful for you? Absolutely, and that's probably goes to your question about spiritual evolution. I think um, because I didn't grow up in that kind of a community, either in, within my family or the greater community. So having found it as an adult, it's, um, you know, just the, the gentleness of it, which is what I find in my faith. The gentleness of it is profoundly influential to my life. You know, I think I'm a calmer, gentler, kinder person because of that, which I guess is kind of the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so do you see yourself working in mediums other than clay or are you are you? pretty set on clay at this point yeah i don't i don't see myself leaving clay um although i it's funny you ask that because this summer i decided i needed to do wanted to do a lot of drawing so i'm kind of back pencil to paper doing more drawing um you know as a me as just an ends not necessarily mm-hmm. something to go on the clay and um whether that'll lead to painting again or not i don't i don't know i love working on the clay i don't see leaving it but um you know, having, I just think that there's all kind of things to do out there. I'm not going to become a weaver or a jewelry maker. I can tell that's not going to happen. <laughs> but as long as I can draw something, I think that's where I'll stay. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So do you have any stories about how creating your art has expanded your awareness of God? Uh, you know, I go back to that working with those three women at, at this church recently. Uh, you know, just letting go and understanding that somebody else was in charge was, you know, huge in, in the art to do that because there were so many times we just didn't know we were talking about how to hang this enormous 12 by 12 foot wall hanging and we just looked at each other like, I don't have any idea and we were bouncing ideas around and in the room walks this woodworker who had been doing all the wood of this new construction at our church and he said, I'm just going to check in on y'all and we just kind of all looked at him like, this is so weird that you just walked in here. You know, it's like just providence that that happened. And he had all these ideas, you know, it, 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 that kind of thing. So I think, um, you know, just letting that, letting, letting God, it's, I have another friend who says all the time, um, just get out of the way. That's what her thing is, is get out of the way and it'll happen. And so that's what I think I've tried to do with my art. Well, and I it, have been really blessed that I've actually interviewed several artists that, belong to your church and I know it is quite a community of artists yeah. um, how did you get how did you get interested in in becoming part of that church to begin with um, I married a man who was a member <laughs> <laughs> you know and um, and, and it's funny because I can we're going at first like you know <laughs> again not growing up in it I have to say when I was in college I had a college roommate I had known her in high school but it's different when you know somebody in high school and then you live with them every day and um, I found her to be the most profoundly centered person I'd ever met in my life. And this was like at 19. You know, she was she would do all the college things and, and was so much fun and all that. But she had a deep, deep centering about her. And what I realized living with her was it was her faith. And that was like my very first introduction into this. She was uh, a very strong Catholic. So I started going to the Catholic Center at Georgia with her. 
And, you know, all the Catholic guys up there, the little friars, which is just, you know, the best thing in the world with their little rope belts and all that. So um, so I became Catholic. And went to my parents were like, you're what? <laughs> and I'm Catholic. And I literally did. I went through the whole classes and the whole bit. And, um, and it, yeah, that, that was huge for me. And um, so it wasn't a big leap to go into the Episcopalian churches where I am now. I like the... Um, ceremony. I like the physicalness of it. That work that appeals to me. Some people it doesn't. It does to me. I like kneeling because I, you know, I feel like you're supposed to do that sometimes, and we don't do that in our regular day. So you know that doesn't ever bother me. Somebody's like, yeah, I have to get up and down all the time in that church. I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's the only time you're ever doing it. <laughs> so. Well, and it it is a centering mm. process. I mean, it is any kind of ritual that we introduce to our lives. I think. You know, brings us back to a point of center yes. that reminds us of something. You know, of of whatever that ritual was. If we're, if we're really paying attention to it, it can provide a point of, of centering space. Yes, I think that's something with artists that you know. I, those of us that that have rituals know how important they are. And you'll talk to somebody and they'll ask questions like, "Well, how do you do what you do?" And I'll talk about the ritual stuff of it. And if they get it, they get it. But if they don't, they just look at you like you're nuts. And it's like I think that. It's such an important thing. And I try to tell people, not just in the art, but if you have a ritual, something to start your day or to end your day or to start or end a moment, it really will focus you. And that's what I find it does. So uh, that's been a big learning thing for me about uh, rituals and stuff. Well, in the, with the work that you do now, do you uh, do you teach any? Do you teach anybody now? Or? Yeah, I ha- off and on I have. I'm not currently teaching, but I've taught up in Roswell and Art Center. I've taught drawing classes. I taught um, some wonderful workshops on sketchbooks because people think, you know, I think people think sketchbooks have to be these little pr- pristine things, whatever. And I do big, sloppy, overflowing, you know, work upside down, paste something in it, cut it out, kind of sketchbook stuff because it should. It's like a working. It's all your ideas, basically. It should really breathe. And I, so I haven't done one of those for a while, but I was actually thinking about doing that soon. And, um, you know, I don't, I haven't, I've taught clay a little bit, but not as much. I tend to teach more drawing and painting. So, and I'll get back to it. So tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and about your work. Um, I have a website, bethtarkington.com, uh, and I have a Facebook page, which my news resolution is to actually go on and do something with it and, and <laughs> become active on that. People will say, well, I contacted you on Facebook and I never heard from you. I'm like, well, uh, I'm in the Signature Gallery in Atlanta. Uh, and, um, you know, I do shows around and whatever, so I'm not, I don't know anything right now that I'm doing, but I, I do the ACC show that's here in town often. Um, I've done Dogwood Festival off and on over the years, and I'm kind of around. So why don't you spell Beth Tarkington for folks that wanted to come to your website? Beth is B-E-T-H, and Tarkington is T-A-R-K-I-N-G-T-O-N. Excellent. So, Beth, is there any last thing that you would like to tell our listeners about how they might tap into their own creativity or how they might uh, connect their creativity to their spiritual expression? Um, I think it goes back to listening. I think you have to get quiet, and 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 I don't. Um, people are right, looking, uh, shaking their heads if they're hearing this, going, "Beth's never quiet." <laughs> but I really do think that that's where things happen when you can get quiet in whatever space that is, whether it's a studio or out walking or whatever. And I think when you get quiet, that it's there. It goes back to what I said way earlier. When we were talking. You're so easy to talk to about this idea, Dorothy. You know that it's it's in you. It's there in you. And if you're quiet enough, you'll hear it. But if in our busy, noisy world, we don't listen. You know? So have you found that it's easier to get quiet now that you 
are doing your art as a as a profession and doing it almost every day? Absolutely, it's a discipline. It's like anything else. You know, I do meditation now that I never did before, and and that and it's that is a discipline. You know, and you can kind of if you just stop sometimes and do it regularly, that discipline will move itself into your life in other ways. Well, and some of the artists that I've interviewed have said that their art is a meditation for them. Mm. So is do you do meditation in addition to your art? I do. I try to. I don't do that every day. I, I keep thinking I want to, but I want to go to Bali and do it like what that girl in the movie. <laughs> like the Eat, Pray, Love yeah, Girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to be that. So I do. Um, but I, I, I agree with that completely. I, you know, it's that right, left brain thing. I can get in the studio and whether I'm, you know, in sketchbook or hands in clay or whatever and look at the clock and it's been three hours and I have no idea that that time has passed, you know. I mean, no idea. My husband walked in last night. I'm trying to finish these pieces, these cups I was talking about, and um, and he said something about uh, something about doing something, whatever. And I said, "Well, I, he, I've been in the studio since 1:30." He just looked at me. and Goes, "Have you gotten up yet?" And I said, "I took the dog out once. And I came back in. I had no idea that it had been the whole day." Wow. Yeah, I love that. I mean, most people don't get to go to work and love that. Yeah, that is really <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, tell our listeners one more time how they can get in touch with you. Uh, BethTarkington.com. Be your best best bet. Excellent. And your Facebook page is just Beth Tarkington as well? Yes, yes. Okay. Thank you so much. It was was great to have you on the show today. I enjoyed it very much. Thanks. And thank you to our listeners. I welcome your suggestions or comments on this or any of our shows. You can find links to all of our shows on Empower Radio and on our website, artisworship.net. Please come share your stories of artist worship on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash artisworship. Listen in next week as we talk with another artist about their creative process and how it connects with their spiritual journey. May you have an inspired and creative week. Namaste. Namaste.